Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all but feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey y'all, I'm Jules. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa, the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hello, Kelly. How was your day? Oh, well, my day was pretty, you know, useless. <laughs> That's good to have those days. Just kind of veg and don't make any, you know, decisions and just relax. Yeah. Which well, is easy I, to do when you're living in a tropical paradise like you yeah, are. Well, you know, and, um, you know, I had to do my coaching call with you guys today. And so, you know, I just told spirit, I got nothing. And they said, we got it. And off they went. <laughs> and, and you guys got a channeled session. <laughs> Absolutely. That was so cool. I love the spontaneousness of it. And the ultra super cool thing about when that happens is that more than one person needed to hear the same type of message and everything was related. Yeah. You know, so even though we're at different stages of our journey and all that, it stills like, yep, everybody needs to hear this one. So y'all buckle up. Well, so. and spirit gave me a new lesson I needed to add to the program at the same time. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was way cool. Yeah. I hey, there's so not enough with 500 pieces of content in the year, but no. yeah. Yeah. It needs to be 501. Clearly. That's fine. We're good. Whatever. You know. And and this and, and the new stuff, see, and when this episode comes out, it's gonna be at the new year. Yeah. And so we're adding new content to the program. That's it. And I have a new little tidbit of information to tell our listeners. So we well, okay, so I kind of cheated because you kind of emailed it to me, but I'm still telling about it so we we are trending in we trended in new zealand norway 
Czech Republic, and Finland. Hey, guys. Thanks. Hi. Yay. Thank y'all so much for listening. You guys rock. No kidding. Continue to share our your favorite episodes of Spirit Sharpo so we can continue to trend on up and give us that five, 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 five star review. <laughs> there you two, go. Two, two <laughs> and nine. Five, five, five stars. <laughs> five stars. <laughs> and, and written reviews if you're excited about us. If you're not excited about us, don't rate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're not excited, email Kelly directly. It'd be perfect. So, <laughs> just kidding. So, and if you can hear that extra laughter in the background, we have a guest today because we're going to be doing some cool stuff. We have Charlemagne Tremont with us today. Hey. Hello. So very happy to be with you today. Yay. Happy New Year now. Thank you. And to you as well. Happy and healthy. Super excited. We're going to be doing doing some uh, cacao ceremony. Talking about how to do cacao ceremony in for the new year, right? We're going to talk about a couple of things and, and as well as the a little bit of history and mythology around cacao. Well, that's good because, you know, I know a lot of people have heard about it, but they don't know what the hell it is. <laughs> so. And that would include me because I, I know nothing. That's great. You know, and in some ways, that's the best possible place to start because I think the other thing to acknowledge right up front, uh, as someone who wants to always be in an honoring way with medicines and truly sacred cacao and medicinal cacao versus the Cadbury or the Hershey's or the whatever it is you buy at the corner store is very, very different. It's a very different thing. What we're talking about is what is considered ceremonial grade cacao, which is the raw cacao, unsweetened, minimally processed, and then is transformed into a beverage that is drank, drank in a sacred and ceremonial, really a ritual manner, can be done in the group, can be done as a personal practice. So, you know, that right there is different than sitting in the movie theater eating your big bar of chocolate. <laughs> Don't knock the big bar of chocolate. Oh, I'm not knocking it. I'm saying it's different. Trust it me, I different. am not knocking the it big bar of chocolate. But, you know, yes, you can, you can totally. have some magic with your chocolate. You can do... totally. You know, I've done a lot of ceremony with regular chocolate, but it's a oh, different Oh, yeah, me too. Ceremony. Let me tell you, I have a, for many years before I knew about this, I intuitively had a, what I used to think of as a homeopathic chocolate practice. <laughs> I could make a bar of chocolate that was cut into small squares, how they come, last for, you know, well over a week, two weeks. So, yeah, I get you. Totally. Yeah. Chocolate but is all- No, is never to knock the, the store-bought beauty. Yeah. That is available. Well, and chocolate's often used in in, um, feasting after rituals, right? So chocolate's sort of the the standards of putting into a a post-ritual feast. So chocolate actually does get used a lot in ritual, um, but this is a different format of it. Right. So, I mean, we could even touch on that and there's reasons why. I mean, we can just go right into that because that part is actually interesting. Rock and roll, baby. Yeah. So when you think about it, we have all these sort of pop culture references to ladies, especially wanting chocolate at special times in their lives, right? Chocolate, for that reason, has what we think of as feel-good phytochemicals in it, right? That they stimulate the, they literally stimulate the heart. They help us to feel more open-hearted. There's a euphoric component to it, not in a 
ethnogenic necessarily way, like we would think of with hallucinogens or other types of drugs, but it is definitively altering in terms of mood. So it is uplifting. It brings us, it's sometimes called the, has bliss, what's called the bliss molecule. And it is wonderful. So theobroma, which is the name that the, the Latin name given to chocolate, to, to the cacao tree, uh, theobroma literally translates as food of the people say food of the gods. That's literally translates as God food, theobroma. Um, and it's been used over time for thousands of years that we can trace mainly in Meso and South America, where we see a lot of use where it comes from. I can actually buy it in the market here in, in Panama. They're beautiful. And if you, you can eat almost everything in there. The, the fruit is wonderful. And then inside there, you've got, you know, what become cacao seeds, the nibs becomes what becomes chocolate, right? After it's processed. One moment. Um, so there are many, many things that we know about it. It is a beautiful plant and cultures have grown up around it. Um, the Mayan called it cacao, it's spelled K-A-K-A-W, that we would call it cacao. Um, and that is from the Mayan uh, languages. And the Aztecs had a different name for it. The Aztecs called it uh, cacachualtol. It's a hard to say. C-A-C-A-H-U-A-T-L. Cacatol, right, as their sacred cacao. And the drink that they made from it was called Jokotl. So how do we get to these things? The, is, there is mythology. The mythology of cacao, especially in Mesoamerica, uh, looks at how the creation myth is about a mountain of sustenance in the Andes. It had many life-giving, nourishing foods and everything that people needed. And it said that one day the great god Quetzalcoatl, the magnificent plume serpent, brought it to the morning star in Mexico, the people of Mexico. And that's how the tree got there, brought by this winged serpent. So already it's really epic. And, um, and in some ways, the morning star we could look at as Venus, right? So it's this beautiful goddess, goddess of beauty, goddess of love. So already we're getting an, an idea of the energetic that's gifted to the cacao. We've got a beautiful goddess and a serpent and yes. a fruit. Oh, I got it. I got it. I know the answer. I know the answer. That's almost like Eve in the garden with the serpent. And he's going to tempt her. <laughs> Except that. Well, yes. Yes. I mean, yes. In a way, you could say that the Venusian fruit, right, is the temptation. But it was embraced in such a different way because the people to whom this was gifted, didn't have these same ideas, these Judeo-Christian ideas in the way that we think of them, like that the temptation would be a problem. Right. <laughs> That's not where they were coming from. Thank you for the non-puritanical approach. Yes. The idea is that beauty and pleasure were embraced, right? Everything in nature had its place 
You know, and while we can look at some of these cultures and there was a very priestly and things did get different down, going down the line, it did become more prohibitions and more rules and regulations and all sorts of things. But that's not what we're here to talk about. But I definitely don't want to overlook that. Yes, as cultures, those things eventually came into play and more and more so as history went on. But we're here to talk about the beauty and the, the pleasure and the delight, the magic of that, which is cacao. So anyway, what we discover is that sacred knowledge, how to prepare it, right? Sacred knowledge, again, given to a woman or to a feminine deity. She is merely the beauty. I mean, merely. She is the potent, beautiful cacao herself. However, as you know, Kelly, since you have seen cacao pods, it's quite a way from a big, beautiful cacao pod to chocolate. So in order to have that happen, there's a partnership that we could learn about. And the Aztec talked about a beautiful maiden goddess of, of goddess. We've talked about, about beauty, love, childbirth, their Venus, really feminine sexuality and crafts whose name is, and this is a mouthful. Doshi Quetzal. Doshi Quetzal is the alchemist. She is the one who has the wisdom and the knowledge, the magic transform the cacao beans into what becomes the chocolate that becomes the beverage that is sacred cacao. So this becomes care and adoration of the cacao tree and its potent medicine, which includes also, like I was saying to you earlier, the whole pod, there's the fruit in the pod, which is delicious and the flowers, which are fragrant. And so this is what we come to. And so there's this beautiful partnership between these two feminine deities so that is not insignificant. Well, and it's the act of alchemy, right? Which is turning red into gold, right? So it's the, the, the evolving of the spirit. Exactly. And so also what we learn is that, you know, there's an old saying that is when nature and humans become out of balance, cacao will come forth help walk the people back into balance and bring them into their hearts, which is exactly what cacao does. There are phytochemicals in it that literally work in the heart and bring euphoria. And so it is with that in mind that people partake of cacao as a drink to consciously come into that beautiful, reverent relationship with themselves, with the deities, and in good company, should they be doing this practice with other people, it can be done specifically to help heal relationship for people who really want to sit in mindfulness with each other and to help open their hearts might have cacao as an example. They might do that. And so we, you know, when we are making it, we're talking about something that if you've ever seen in the stores, cacao nibs, if you've ever eaten them, that's just the, the bean, right? And it's got a bitter taste. There's no sweetener. And it's the most natural way that you can have it, the most unprocessed way. I crave it. In fact, as I was showing you earlier, I've got this giant jar of cacao nibs, and it's something that I would regularly enjoy. So now what would be the difference between regularly enjoying cacao nibs and doing sacred ceremony with cacao? Right, exactly. And And I want to say this, as I was saying to you, and showed you before we started recording, I held up my big bottle of cacao nibs. 
And then you saw me pray over them. So I very rarely just, I don't just nibble them, right? It's with great mindfulness. So the difference between eating chocolate and imbibing in cacao is that it is done in a ritual way. The whole preparation is done in a ritual way, often with gratitudes, prayers, and what are called ikaros or medicine songs, medicine songs, which are sung as you're making the cacao, which is a very involved process when you're doing it. And my experience in Guatemala is watching people pair these beautiful beverage um, and getting the cacao from the bean stage to drinkable stage requires grinding, heating gently. You don't want to overheat because when you do, like anything that you overheat, you lose all of the delicate phytochemicals that really are why you're drinking it. If you're drinking it ritually, is to bring all of that feel good, all of that opening, all that conscious expansion that is inherent in the cacao in its raw state. So while you could, in the same, in a similar manner, do it by just imbibing the nibs in a conscious manner with honoring the drink itself, there's something just so sensual about drinking it. There's the warmth of it, and it gets into your bloodstream differently. Additional way is that you would you'd have it ground to nearly a powder. You would add there's several marvelous we have access to these incredible recipes that have come down through time that generally include just water, sometimes chilies, brown chilies, sometimes vanilla, maybe a little bit of salt. We have other ones that include corn masa as a drink that was given to the warriors to sustain them, but also to raise their in their energy. Cacao is full of magnesium, which is also, as we know, a muscle relaxant. And so you could go into fearful situations, if you think about it, right, in a more open and relaxed state versus the rigidity and the stress that happens when you're afraid. So there's there's all these things about it, right? But the basic drink is just the cacao itself ground as fine as you can, the water heated just to hot, hot enough to melt it. And then the things that are additions and the most minimal, I would say, is maybe a little bit of vanilla, a little bit of honey, and then some spice. I enjoy adding some cinnamon to it. I enjoy adding um, sometimes ginger or a little bit of cardamom, sometimes even things like maca root. Again, another beautiful plant from Mesoamerica and from Peru, parts of Peru indigenously. So there's many ways that you can work with this to make it the kind of drink that will bring you to the place within yourself that you really want to go. And so if somebody were to do a ritual with this, right? They, they've they prepared the cacao, now what? So when we think about that again, it starts before you prepare it. Even as you're assembling your supplies, that you're assembling all of your ingredients for your drink, I would say light a candle, become really present with it, offer gratitude to the goddess cacao and to Shoshi Quetzal. And to, you know, again, to the earth, I, I, you know, when I do food magic, which is a whole other topic, you know, we're really talking about offering tremendous gratitude for all the things we're taking in, everything we're receiving, which is huge. So looking at that, you would have your ingredients, you would begin to heat your water. If you've already chopped your beans, that would be ready to go. If you haven't, you would be maybe listening to or singing the cacao songs to the cacao while you're doing these preparations, right? Once you have your water... There, 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 there's songs? Oh, there are. 
in fact, there are, there are many. And, uh, like I was saying, they're called, sometimes called Icaros or medicine songs. I can give you things. There's a couple of marvelous versions on YouTube. Oh, that would be wonderful. We could include that in the show notes. Yes. Yes. There are a couple that I recommend highly that are very beautiful, very melodic, and you get that sense of love as we're singing to it. It's a love song that we're singing to Cacao as we're preparing for the love that will be bestowed upon us as we take her in. Literally, it's that thing. We're taking her into us. You can look at that as sensually or as sexually as you like, but it is that marriage where we're taking in the goddess in a very real way. And so uh, is this something that you would do for a self-love ritual or for a love with others ritual? What what sort both. of thing are we talking about? Both. Okay. Absolutely. You know, there's a, a whole bunch of practice that I work with people with, which is coming back into self-love and doing healing work. And that cacao is wonderful for that, to coming into a much greater place of love and acceptance of self. And in fact, as part of my uh, prayer that I do, I ask that she help me to connect more deeply and expand my capacity to love and experience acceptance of myself and others as I receive her medicine blessings. You can add whatever words. When you were saying that, I was actually thinking of a an episode we did not too long ago, Kelly, about the body image. And we were talking about, you know, whatever body that you're in, that really doing self-care, loving your body that you're in. And so what kind of struck me is, would this be something good to to help me, you know, if I am struggling with my body image or say I have someone who has low self-esteem or something like that. And we're trying to reconnect and heal those things. Would this be um, a good ceremony to ask her to come in? into us and and help with that so that we um, love ourselves more? Certainly, it, certainly you can work with her in that manner. You know, there, I would, you know, advise establishing that relationship first before asking her to do that. But you certainly, again, it opens our heart to receive ourselves and others. Okay, because I'm getting the impression this is a very... It is a different type of ceremony and it's is to be held in much more higher regard than just, hey, this is what I need type of thing. Mm -hmm. But I'm imagining now you've established a relationship with the goddess. You have um, mixed her her potion, if you will, um, her, her drink. And um, I am I am sitting here and I'm going, if I were doing something for body happiness, you know, for, for loving the body, I would take it in and I would also paint it on my skin. Would that be? Which I do also. Yeah, absolutely. See, like if you were to see me in a cacao ceremony, you might see me with sigils on my forehead, on my chest. You may see a lot of things if you're sitting yeah. in ceremony with me. I'm, I'm that absolutely goes on. naked, paint in the belly, paint in the breast. Absolutely. And that goes on. Yeah. Oh, I'm groups, so doing this. Groups <laughs> in, you know, in certain group rituals or certain private one-on-one -on -one rituals, invite that, right? And ask her to really move me. And sometimes I mark myself with her as a as part of that. Absolutely. Great, great, great question and absolutely in alignment. So, so as you're establishing this relationship... You're also learning that the bitterness, this is also a thing about bitterness, right? 
bitter medicine is often what we need the most. Bitterness brings us to sweetness. This is not a drink that was traditionally laden with sugar. That came later. That was a European edition, as was milk. Like, seriously, that was really, you're diluting it at that point. So all of the potency it becomes less, right? So you're making a small drink too. You only take in a small amount of this at a time. It's, it's potent. It's strong. So on average, you're looking at anywhere from an ounce is can be a ceremonial dose. You don't need much more. And so how much cacao would one need to make an ounce of ceremonial cacao? Well, if you're buying it, you're often buying it by the ounce. Right. So to make, so you, you would add, you know, several ounces of water, gently heated, would be enough to melt your ounce of cacao and then incorporate whatever additions you were to put in, be they cinnamon, the spices of your choice, be it, you know, like I said, a little bit of honey, maybe, and perhaps some vanilla. So if you're doing it just for yourself, then an ounce of, of cacao will be fully sufficient. If you're doing it for, you know, it sounds like maybe four or more people, you'll probably need more. Right. And I would also say that when, when I say an ounce, we're talking that is I am fully acclimated to it. I would have people start at a fraction of that. Like any medicine, it takes time to build up to that. And some people's bodies really reject it. So you can feel it can be a very strong diuretic. Some people get really activated. So with anything like that, where it's a sacred food, start slow, start small, start smaller than you think you should and build that relationship because you might find that you're very, very sensitive to it. Yeah. So start off with a sip. Yes. Start off with when you're making it, start off with less than an ounce of cacao. Start with a quarter, start out with a half. Go slow. Let your body acclimate. Like the whole titration process is part of the alchemy too. How she alchemizes in us. We're really used to the diluted form of her. And she, she is beautiful and strong. Is, is there a certain time frame as far as how often you can do this ceremony or how much That's time in between? Question. Every person is different and that. If you're a person who sits in ceremony regularly, you could make it a daily ritual to start your day as a way of coming into yourself, coming into your heart, coming into how you wish to walk in the world, right? If you're a person who has a practice where you maybe do this in preparation for certain types of events or meetings with people and you want to be in your most open soft and sacred self. You might do it then. So this is not like ayahuasca where you really should only be doing it like once every six months or a year at if that. This is more of a of a of a, a softer, more connection based ritual for the you know medicine I should say than something like ayahuasca or peyote or things like that. Yes, and like I was saying at the beginning, because she's not a hallucinogen, the effects can be very, very different. However, I will also say that it can be no less powerful. I have sat in ritual with people who broke down crying with revelation, come into their hearts, they meet their pain, they recognize there's things that really want to open that have been so tightly held down. 
as well as the opposite, where people realize they have perhaps need to create greater boundaries around their heart. Their heart is too open. They're giving too much. They're not in balanced relationship. It can go a whole host of ways, but that is one of the things I really want to emphasize here that, you know, this isn't just sitting around eating chocolate. This truly can bring you to places where greater transformation can happen. And when you're in guided cacao ceremony, most assuredly, when I'm working with people, we are very directing them. I'm directing them in meditation. We have decided what we want to look at and work on. And then we give it up to the goddess. And she will often direct things in ways that are very cooperative and sometimes in ways that are very surprising, yet always what the person needs. Yeah. Oh, trust me, I know that one. <laughs> in there, you get what you need, not what you yeah, not yeah. what you think you want. <laughs> yeah. Be careful what you ask for. You will surely get it. Yes. Yes. So there's there's beauty in that. And so, you know, when you'd ask me, for example, as we're doing this in the new year, a very beautiful thing that someone might wish to do as part of a New Year's Day celebration, they felt called would be to, like I said earlier, you assemble your ingredients, you prepare your kitchen, your light a candle, take a moment and maybe really just take her in, take it in your senses, right? Smell her, notice her, breathe her in. And then you slowly have that first sip. You've done all the prayers, you've offered your thanks, you're sitting with the cacao beverage. Perhaps the prayer might be, May this new year bring me into a place where I'm in my most open-hearted joy, where I am surrounded by love, where I am walking in love and in balance, and may that love and balance lead me to the highest and greatest things for my good and my evolution in this coming year. There's a whole host of things you could say, but that's just an example. And if you're with others, perhaps you share it and people go around the circle and offer their wishes and prayers for the new year, right? What love do you want to see alive in your life? What blessings do you call in? And of course, we thank and acknowledge Ishkakao and Shoshi Puesol for their gift and for being with us. Can you combine a cacao and a grail ceremony? Do you say more about that, please? So we've talked about doing a grail ceremony on this. We've actually done a grail ceremony on the podcast during during COVID. We did that. Um, and that would have been like midway through 2020, if you're looking for it. It'll say a ritual for something and then it'll be there. Um, but uh, the idea being that in a group, you uh, take the energy of the group and imbue the drink in the grail with the energy of the group, with the intention that, that what you ask for when you drink of it is what will come to be. And it's using the group mind in the creation process and allowing you to take in that which you're intending. And so my question is, I'm not familiar with these goddesses. So would that be something they would be open to or something they would be like, don't, don't harsh my vibe. This is what I got going on. Leave me alone. I've got it. Yeah. I would say to you, the immediate response I'm getting is that it is more personal and so that what happens when you're talking about a group situation is everyone drinking, uh, that's a beautiful ritual, by the way. However, the way that cacao works is that everyone's heart may not necessarily want the same thing. And that one thing might 
Yeah, in a, in a grail ritual, everybody wouldn't be getting the same thing. They'd be making their own request of the grail. So, But they're all drinking from the same chalice? The same cup, yeah. yeah. I would be more cautious about that. Okay. So do not do not cross the streams. Noted. Yeah, this is a this this I think may end you up in that place, and yeah. that's I'm really getting from Sophie Questel now. And this is why we asked this question because you know it, you know I had a sense that that was the case, uh, which is why I asked the question just in case somebody out there was like, "Oh, Grail ritual drinking out of a cup sounds like the same thing." Let me put them together. Please don't do that. Yeah. So. Some things you can mix and match, some things you can't. Which again brings us to the importance of not doing the cultural appropriation thing and really honoring the traditions. And for me, always honoring the land. I know where all of my cacao comes from, right? And I honor it and I offer thanks. And there's a number of ways in which I do that, you know, not just my prayers and my actions, but also, you know, I make sure to. F- here for the farmers who are harvesting, you know, we're talking about things that are happening in countries where things are different than they are here. And so wanting to always be in respect and making sure that love is part of the entire process. In, in that, is there a certain type of cacao? So if I'm looking to buy some, is there certain things that I should look for when I'm trying to get the cacao is in where it's from or how it's packaged or where I buy it from. Are there things to be mindful of? I'd say as always, you're hoping that everyone is being treated well. So when we look at fair trade, right? Fair trade and hopefully small farms, you know, there's wonderful ones in Peru. There's wonderful ones in Guatemala. There's a couple of places that you can find online and always looking to see if people are being transparent. Are they willing to show you, here's our farmers, here's how things are processed? You know, uh, that always matters. And the cacao is different, just like any plant, right? Think about it like how wine changes, right? Things are a little different. Each batch is different, right? Similarly, cacao. Yet, again, back to magic, the way that everything is handled, the consciousness of the people involved in every step along the way impacts the final product. So again, don't start chopping cacao if you're angry with someone, right? That, that angry chopping. Try to keep your mind. That's part of why the Icaros, the songs are great. It keeps your mind in that place, right? I'm chopping. I'm singing. Everything is beautiful. I'm holding space. The drink is different than if I weren't. Again, I, I realign myself. I call the directions, and I think you'd find it interesting, and maybe it's a conversation for another time. The directions are different where the elements fall. I was, you know, studying this, the directions from my teachers for that, you know, are different. The elements reside differently and they are. So air in the, uh, air in the north, fire in the east, um, earth in the south and water stays in the west. Did you learn this below the equator? Yes, I did. Yes. Oh, wait, was I? No, close to the equator. Guatemala is not below the equator. Okay. I think about that for a minute. No. Yeah. Well, and, you know, things are very different here. And I'm nine degrees off the equator where I am here in Panama. So, you know, it's very different. The energies are very different here. So I'm not surprised. Right. And, And then a different teacher taught it a different way. So with slight changes to that. So again, who you're sitting with, what they were taught matters to where they're from, you know, yeah, right. all of these exactly. things. So. Okay, well, this has been fantastic. So 
you know, I know you're in the process of we're, we're pre-recording this episode. And uh, so I know that you're in the process of getting a new website up. So I'm not going to ask you where people can find you. I'm just going to say that in the show notes, there will be a, a new a new URL that we will have uh, put up there once the website is complete. And uh, so, you know, how do people work with you? There's a variety of ways. If you're wanting to know specifically about cacao, since this is what we're talking about, we can, you're, I'm amazed. So much of my learning started online. And so until we are doing a lot of in-person stuff, I can teach you how to make this drink online. We can do all sorts of blessings. Anything really can be done in that way. If you are someone that is close by and we can do an in-person, that becomes a very beautiful ritual that can happen in that similar way directly in a different, you know, slightly different way. So I have a whole variety of ways that I work with people. And there's a whole list of healing arts modalities that I do. And from meditation and yoga nidra to actually physical yoga and astrology to row numerology, sacred ceremony of all kinds. <laughs> yes. And I'm a perfumer, definitely. And I've been working with that. That's one of my favorite things in the world to do is make custom oils for people based in their astrology or what's happening in their life. Thank yeah. you. So, yeah, in case you missed it, guys, that means she's a badass and she knows a fuck ton of stuff. And if you want to work with somebody, she's a good choice. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate so, that. Yeah. <laughs> and from a personal note, astrology charts like, OK, but seriously off the charts. It's ridiculous. Ridonkin. What, what, she, what yeah. she can do. Yeah. 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 And it's not it's not a minor chart. It is a major chart. Yeah. So. And, and herbalism experience. things, too. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, yay. This was so fun. Charlemagne, thank you for coming on. I'm going to be doing some cacao stuff in the new year. That's going to be so fun. Oh, yeah. I have my Kellyism. Yeah. A new year, 2024. Kellyism, first of the year. And here it is, folks. Let the love shine. Let the love shine in the love shining. There you go. And there you have it. I <laughs> love it. God, I baby. love it. That's it. I love it. Well, that's all that we have for this week, folks. Tune in next time when Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Jules here with Kelly Sparta and Charlemagne Tremont, and you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa, the very first episode in 2024. Woohoo! So, so long, everyone. 23. Oh, 23. <laughs> Crap, I messed that up. <laughs> That's all right. We're just going to say goodbye anyway. 2023. Woo-hoo. Bye, y'all. Bye. I'm driving Wondering where my spirit will I'm driving Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing but you feel like you kind of probably should especially since 
you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half, guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.